When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. It's Orlando, and we have a show for you. Welcome to the Chauncey Billups era, and what a mess to get to this point. The press conference, the hiring process, how the Trail Blazers dropped the ball, plus our thoughts on Chauncey as a coach. And can Neil O'Shea keep Damian Lillard happy, or is he gone? Plus, Zach Collins suffers another setback. All that and so much more. Let's start the show. What is good, everyone? Welcome to KGW's 3-on-3 Blazers. Joined, as always, by Jared Cowley and Max Barr. We do this thing via Zoom. Guys, it is so good to see you again. It's been a minute, but we are back, and we've got a lot to talk about. Not a lot of fun stuff, unfortunately, at a time when normally the hiring of a new head coach is a lot of excitement, and everyone's on the same page and fired up about this new era of basketball, but there's just been so much over the past week or two that has really made this tough times for for Rip City and has split a lot of fans. And so I'm really excited to get your guys' take on this because I haven't had a chance to talk to you about it, and a lot has happened. So thank you to everyone who has rocked with the podcast all season long. And as we enter the off-season of change here at Rip City, there hasn't been a shortage of things to talk about. So thank you so much for subscribing, for leaving us those positive reviews, for letting everyone know about the podcast. It goes a long way in helping our podcast continue to grow as we've done this thing for the past few seasons now. So guys, let's dive right in because we have a few questions to get to. Not your typical format where it's one, two, three, and we're out of here. But let's get the party started with number one. And that's, let's talk about the coach hiring process. How'd you guys feel about the way it went down and how the trailblazers handled things? Uh, It's like you said, Orlando, it's been a mess from the very beginning. Um, I mean, I think right off the bat, it, it's been clear. There's been enough reporting out there um, to just make it almost 100% that Olshay had his mind made up from the beginning. He was going to hire Chauncey Billups. He had his mind made up about that before he'd even fired Terry Stotts. And nothing was going to change his mind. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a, a terrible thing. I mean, he has a past relationship with Billups. He trusts Billups. He, you know, respects his leadership ability. If he had Billups in mind as a coaching candidate and someone he definitely wanted to go to at some point in his career, that's okay. Um, I, I trust that they did, you know, enough of a, a legitimate hiring process, but it just does seem like he had his mind made up and no matter what, you know, no matter what came up in the process, he was going to go with Billups. Um, and the Blazers should have been ready for what has happened 
since that decision was made. I mean, back the day after Stotts was fired, when Damian Lillard came out and said he wanted Jason Kidd as his coach, there was such a large, just massive negative response on social media to that because of Jason Kidd's past um, with domestic abuse and, and violence against women. And Neil Shea and the Blazers should have known that the same negative response was going to be there for Billups because from that day, it was always bubbling beneath the surface. It wasn't not, you know, it didn't really reach a fever pitch like it did with Kidd until it was clear that Billups was going to be the hire. And I think that Blazers fans initially were less vocal about Billups because most Blazers fans or a, a lot of Blazers fans were holding out hope that the Blazers were going to hire someone like Becky Hammonds or even Mike D'Antoni, you know, maybe Rick Carlisle, if, you know, they had Ime Yudoka, like they had all these names that the Blazers fans were, were, were hoping that the Blazers would reach out to or hire. And it wasn't until the Blazers settled on Billups publicly that the backlash really just opened up and the Blazers should have anticipated that and they should have been prepared for it. And they weren't at all. Um, I also, I didn't appreciate the Friday news dumps. You know, mm. it happened twice. The Blazers dumped the Stotts news and the Billups news on a late Friday night. And I know that Olshay said that it's out of his hands. That information, you know, came from reporters, not from him, but that information doesn't get out unless someone in Blazers HQ wants it to. When organizations have bad news or news that's going to cause a lot of controversy, they usually release it on a Friday afternoon or evening so as to avoid media scrutiny. It's called a Friday news dump. But what it actually did in this case is it let all that negative response just keep building on itself for four plus days all the way until Tuesday's press conference. And with Olshay and the team not making themselves available, just like always, like they, they never make themselves available, during that time between the new time the news broke and the press conference, who was the one who got dumped on on social media and felt like he had to respond? It was Dame, the star of the team, the person who shouldn't be having to, you know, be the public face of, you know, to answer to that, that scrutiny. Should he have responded on social media? No, that was a mistake. He should have just stayed away from all of it. It was not his hire. It was not his choice. I believe him when he says he didn't know about the allegations. I didn't know about the Billups allegations until like a month ago, you know, that that wasn't public knowledge for me. Um, he didn't need to answer anyone's criticism, especially since the fan he responded to wasn't even a Blazers fan. He was a Raptors fan. Um, <laughs> but that's what happened. And Dame was unhappy about it. It was just, I mean, when you look at all this stuff and just how it all piled on top of each other, I mean, it's just such a disjointed, poorly run coaching coach hiring process and, it's just a mess. Yeah, well said, Jared. I'm with you. I think um, Olshay had his guy from the start. I think this was the plan. And he just tried to push it through in the cover of darkness with these Friday news dumps, like you said. And it's really unfortunate that it uh, happened the way it did. And it, and it all came to a head in the news conference, which we're going to get to. But yeah, I mean, a lot of fans are angry and they're disappointed and they're even questioning their fandom at this point. And I can completely understand that this was just it was a total mess. Yeah, I think you you nailed it, Jared. I won't spend too much time talking about this process because you're right. I, I think the best way to describe it politely is that it was a mess. 
and they had the opportunity to get out in front of this at every at every point and failed to do so um, from the the Terry Stotts, you know, mutually agreeing to part ways to, you know, the hiring of, of Chauncey Billups. Like that is a three week process where you get back to back Friday night news dumps. Um, and you would think that something like that, if you were really pumped up about it, you would want that news to be out at a, at a great time when it could be covered by everyone. Um, when, when word has a chance to travel fast. Um, and so just along every step of the way has just been not ideal um, with this hiring process. And so, like you said, it, it, it all, it came back on Damian Lillard. Uh, and that's the last thing you want to do is have the face of the franchise upset with the team to the point where he's considering leaving. Like it just adds fuel to the fire. And that has been kind of the unthinkable for most Trailblazers fans. And just based on, on the man that, that Damian Lillard has been for this organization. I know we're going to touch on that in a little bit, but the, the past three weeks has just been like, come on, come on. And I think that got to a head when we got to the, the press conference. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on how you feel Tuesday's introductory press conference went as the Trailblazers introduced Chauncey Billups as the head coach of the team. Well, I didn't think a Blazers press conference could have gone worse than the one we spoke about on our last podcast, when O'Shea talked down to reporters who were asking perfectly legitimate questions. But I was wrong. Um, What we saw this week uh, was appalling. In my opinion, if the goal of addressing the backlash from fans was to kind of reconnect with them, empathize with them, and give them confidence that Billups is the right person to coach this team, I think it was a total failure. Uh, First of all, uh, for Olshay to make the claims of a thorough investigation into Chauncey Billups' past and then refuse to speak about it when he was asked for some simple details by Sean Hyken, that was terrible. I don't know how any fan could could simply just take their word for it, as Olshay said, when he refused to say anything about it. Um, and second, to have Blazers PR shut down Jason Quick's legitimate question to Billups about how he's changed since 1997. The, the entire organization should be embarrassed. Uh, it was a question that so many people, myself included, wanted to hear an answer to. And the Blazers organization said that's been answered when it absolutely had not been answered. The Blazers probably thought they were somehow protecting Billups. uh, But instead, I think they just widened the chasm between the fans and the organization. So I can't think of any reason that the fans should trust Olshay at this point. I think it's important to just clarify for those that, that don't know Chauncey Billups was accused of rape in 1997, and uh, it was he denies that it happened, uh, and it was settled out of court. And so, as Jared had pointed out, I don't think a lot of fans really knew that background, myself included as well, until Chauncey really became a part of, of uh, the Trailblazer search. And so then, you know, everything comes up uh, for us as we dig into who the head coach of the trailblazers could be. So uh, a little bit of, of extra background there um, just going into the press conference and the backlash that, 
that happened uh, with the fan base here in Portland. Orlando, you were there. And so I was really wanted to hear what it was like for you, like to be in the room. Um, I think it was uncomfortable. It was frustrating. It was demoralizing, discouraging, um, sickening for many fans who were watching it. But you were in the room. And so I just wanted to hear from you what it was like to be there. Yeah, the, the first thing I thought was Neil Olshay should have, have done a, a separate press conference before we even got to this point of, all right, Tuesday is going to be the announcement of the head coach. We're going to introduce him, all of that stuff. Um, I thought, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, he did a disservice to Chauncey Billups as well, because many of those questions, at least from a trailblazers standpoint, could have been answered. They, they could have done this on Zoom at any time, any place, and we would, we would have been there because there were a lot of questions that, that needed to be asked. Um, with Chauncey Billups, with the organization, the past three weeks, there, we don't get a chance to talk to Neil Olshay that often, um, but this felt like a point where they could have done that, where he, he could have made it happen. As soon as um, the decision was made, uh, you know, pen to paper, Billups is the coach, it's signed, all of that stuff. Uh, you do that then, and then you come back with, Chauncey and you let Chauncey tell his story you let Chauncey answer his questions as as well on a, in a separate press conference but back to your point Jared uh yeah it, it was uncomfortable uh it wasn't to, to it wasn't your typical introductory press conference where the vibe is of excitement and you know you're thinking about the future of this team how things are going to improve from years of the past and a new era of trailblazers basketball. Uh, that was not the vibe this time. And it was, it was awkward. It was cringy. Uh, it just was so different. And also what a way to bring back in-person press conferences. You know, uh, we haven't done a press conference with the trailblazers in person since before the pandemic. So we're talking, you know, a year and a half or so since the last time we've been in the same building with anyone with the Blazers to talk to them. So that in of itself was like, welcome back. We're, we're going to throw this at you. And, you know, seeing Chauncey walk in and, and Neil take take the podium and, you know, Chauncey had his family there, his daughters, his wife. Um, and so it was this really just weird vibe because we all know the most important uh, story, the, the, the questions that needed to be answered that the fan base desperately wanted to hear. And you're balancing that with the fact that Chauncey Billups is calling this, you know, um, his dream job and one of the best days of his life. And, you know, celebrating his, his daughter's 15th birthday that also happens to land on his mother's birthday. So, um, that vibe was just something I had really never experienced before for an introductory press conference for a head coach. So it just, it really was uncomfortable. Uh, the, even waiting the, the buildup, you know, as we're all sitting there, you know, in our, in our seats distanced, um, you know, we couldn't even really go up and introduce ourselves to the coach uh, because of the, you know, COVID protocols with the NBA because he's still with the Clippers. The team is still traveling. 
So it's like we're there, we're sitting, we're part of an audience and, and we're asking questions. But man, it, it, it definitely was one for the books and hopefully one that we don't have to go through again. I thought that that feeling kind of came through, Orlando, when you asked Billups your question. You, you kind of said, Chauncey, welcome to Portland. And it was just like there was no excitement yeah. mm-hmm. it, from anybody, really. But I thought it came through uh, when you asked your question. It was it was palpable. And it was it was a tough balance, you know, because I don't think I at least I personally didn't know, like, are we going to get to talk to Chauncey for 30 minutes? Is this press conference yeah. going to be 15 minutes? Like, you don't know how much time you have. So for a lot of us reporters, as myself, at least, um, I've got a list of my most important questions and I'm going back and forth, you know, and I'm thinking, I know that, you know, the, the accusations, Chauncey Billups history, um, you know, there's gotta be a couple of questions on there. There's, he's got to make his opening statement. Um, but I was also curious about Damian Lillard as well and wanted to hear from, from old Shea about Dame and everything that has happened with Dame over the past, um, couple of weeks so it was it was really really tough and you you know that you probably only get one question maybe two if you were one of the the first people to get called on and you have a moderator um, who's just kind of making eye contact with you you're trying to like raise your hand without being distracted or distracting to those that are talking so um glad I was I was there to to represent KGW but at the same time it was just it's not a fun fun press conference to be attending it was a very short press conference. I mean, it was mm-hmm. 24 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you think about Olshay press conferences, they're not short. No. They usually go for 50 minutes, an hour. Um, I, I just can't imagine how this organization could have bungled this any worse than they did. Um, I have never, ever not looked forward to recording an episode of this podcast until today. Mm-hmm. Um, these things aren't easy to talk about. Like this has been a horrible few weeks since the end of the season for any Blazers fan. Um, I personally, as a Blazers fan, I'm fed up with the, the organization, you know, um, with everything that this has gone on. And so I don't like having to talk about these things, but I think it's important that we do, um, I mean, I think that the press conference, I think it actually started out okay. You know, Neil Shea came out and read a prepared statement. Um, there was an opening statement by Billups. They both addressed the sexual assault allegations from 97. And I thought that they were a good start. You know, Olshay talked about how they were aware of the allegations. They took them seriously. They did their own background check, plus hired an independent investigator to look into it. He said they were convinced by the results of the investigation that this was not something that would disqualify Billups from consideration as a head coach. Billups' comments, I thought, were pretty good. You know, he talked about what he learned from that experience as a young man, about how the choices you make can have profound influences on people, about the importance of being selective about the people you surround yourself with, about the importance of having a strong support system in your life. It wasn't enough, but it was a start. But then it just went downhill from there. I mean, one thing I didn't understand is why why didn't they talk about violence against women and the problem that is in our society at all? I didn't hear a single mention of that in any way. 
And I feel that the Blazers and Billups came up short in that because they had a chance to talk about the problem we have in our society with sexual assault and violence against women. And they could have talked about how they understand and empathize with the fans and the people for whom the hiring of someone who has been accused of sexual assault could be problematic and triggering, especially survivors. And I feel like they missed an opportunity to address those problems in an empathetic way. I couldn't understand why they didn't at all. Um, getting to the part when they cut off Jason Quick, you know, one of the longest tenured Blazers writers, someone who is an expert at really getting into the human side of sports and telling like human interest stories. It seemed to me like Neil Shea and the Blazers decided that they were going to address this from the start. They were going to have their prepared statements and then that's it. You have any follow-up questions, you have anything else you want to ask, too bad. We've said our piece and that's it. You know, both AJ McCord and Sean Hyken, both of them tried to ask for more information about the independent investigation and they were both shut down. Both of them were told some variation of that's already been answered and you'll have to trust us. And that's just a really bad look, you know. When Jason Quick then asked a very appropriate follow-up question to Billups, giving him a chance to expand on how what happened in 97 shaped him and what he learned from it, giving Billups a chance to humanize himself in front of a lot of Blazers fans who are really uneasy about this, Olshay and the Blazers PR just cut off Billups while it looked like he was ready to answer the question. And like Max said, a lot of us were really interested to hear what he was going to say. But the Blazers just said, no, that's enough. No more questions on this topic. Um, to me, that was Bush League. It was unprofessional and it was really disappointing. The Blazers decided to make this higher. They knew it was in Billups' past. They know how a portion of the fan base has reacted to it. They should have known how the portion of the Blazers fan base would react to it. And they should have been more transparent. They should have been willing to let Billups speak. Why did they think that Billups couldn't speak for himself? That's ridiculous. Olshay should have shared more about the independent investigation with us, with the public, who they hired, who the investigator spoke to. Those things are, that's information they had the right to share and that many Blazers fans wanted to know the answers to. If they weren't willing to do those things, if they weren't willing to let Billups speak, if they weren't willing to really address this head on, then they shouldn't have hired Billups. That shouldn't have been the decision that they made. And that's really where I come down on it. There were a lot of qualified candidates out there. Ime Yudoko was out there. Becky Hammond would have been a good choice. Mike D'Antoni would have been a good choice. They could have pursued Rick Carlisle. There were so many candidates available who did not have an allegation of abuse against women in their past. And I don't know why the Blazers were so stubborn that they decided they had to go down that road no matter what. I don't know if Billups is guilty or innocent of the accusations that were made against him in 1997. Nobody but a very small hand, handful of people do know the truth about what happened that night. No criminal charges were filed, like Orlando said. The case was settled out of court three years later in 2000. But just like a settlement is not an admission of guilt, neither does a lack of criminal charges establish innocence. It's not my job, nor am I qualified to establish guilt or innocence, but I, knew, I do know that the Blazers did not have to hire someone who had been accused of violence against women. They chose to do that. And as a fan, that's now something I have to grapple with. And I still haven't decided exactly what I'm gonna do with that, what I'm gonna do with that information. Um, and the way they handled the press conference didn't help 
with the situation at all for fans who are uneasy about it. Yeah, it didn't help with the fans. It didn't certainly didn't help Billups. No. And and like you said, Jared, if if they were going to make this hire no matter what, transparency is very necessary. And there was none of that. None. They had three weeks. You know, in theory, Olshay knew who he wanted. Had time to, you know, go through the process. To your point, Jared, even hired a firm on top of the traditional background checks that they do to hire people. They knew that this was a big deal. And the they were so close, as you mentioned, Jared, when 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 the press conference started, I said, okay, the tone is much different than 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 the typical press conferences that we get. Um, it seemed like they were ready to to go head on with this. And to not get basic answers because Quick's question wasn't even like that, you know, tough of a question. Like, I don't understand the, the point of protecting Billups behind that. It's because it seemed to me like they had decided that ahead of time. We're going to read our prepared statements and then you get nothing else. And that, that was a really bad decision to make. Like Max said, transparency was key here. And two prepared statements is not transparency. That's not enough. It's not like any of the reporters in that room were like throwing gotcha questions out there or anything like no. that. No. They weren't trying to litigate the details of the case. We were just trying to get some clarity, some transparency, some information about the investigation that the Blazers made sure to let us know that had been conducted into this. To give Billups a chance to talk about what he's learned from that situation and to just cut it off, to cut off Jason Quick, to cut off Chauncey Billups. It's terrible. And uh, our Dan Haggerty here, uh, he, did, he, he caught up with um, Brenda Tracy, who's a survivor, um, who's talked a lot about it. Look her up on Twitter. She's very vocal and, uh, you know, had a very strong opinion about all of this. But what also stood out about their conversation, um, you can catch a lot of this on, on KGW.com, is that they had this much time to prepare for something like this, along with hiring that, that agency, to, it, the, all the extra steps involved. Why didn't they think to talk to somebody like Brenda Tracy or talk to, you know, somebody with experience with that, an expert, because, you know, sexual assault, rape, um, violence against women, none of those words were ever used in that press conference. And I'm not a lawyer. I don't know if there's a reason why Chauncey is not allowed to talk about certain things or, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what, what goes on beyond that. So maybe there's a legitimate reason why you know, Chauncey had to phrase his, um, you know, intro the way he did. But to basically open your press conference, to introduce your head coach, that's where they started. So they knew 
how big of a deal this was. And so to not be ready for that is inexcusable because it was right there for them. So at least be prepared. You know, they may not, if Olshay was like, he's our guy and we're, we feel comfortable in hiring him. We feel comfortable in him being our head coach and representing the organization, being the face of the team who's seen um, on camera on a daily basis, um, talking to the media, talking to fans, being out in the community. And he's, and he's good with that. Why not be prepared to talk about it? And it just seemed like, here's what we're going to do, guys, to your point, Jared. All right. We're going to address this off the top, and we're just going to move forward. Perfect just plow ahead. Yep, just plow ahead. We'll just force our way through. And that was not a that was not a moment that required force. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well, guys, there's this is a topic that doesn't just go away. And I'm hopeful that at some point Chauncey will be able to speak for himself. Because to your point, it seemed like he was going to say something and it would have provided some insight into, as Brenda mentioned, who he is as a man, uh, what type of a leader he is, how he's going to address problems like this, maybe, maybe not on, on this magnitude, but just in general, you know, who is he? And that opportunity was missed and it was a terrible look for the Trailblazers. Um, in general, like any press conference for any question, if you get that, you know, we already answered this next question, it's not going to go over well. And when it's something to do with this, man, like it's very tough to just move on. You know, it's very tough to just be like, oh, okay, this was good with us as a fan base, you know, and they, they messed up. The Blazers messed up. Yeah, as a viewer, it makes me think, you know, if they had their way, there would be no press conference. Yeah. Right. You know? Okay, guys. Let's talk about the, the next topic. Um, Chauncey Billups as the new head coach of the Blazers. Your thoughts about him as a basketball coach? Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned this on a previous podcast that we've done. I think I've spoken about it with the two of you guys off air at least. But I do think, all of this aside, I do think Billups is the kind of coach that the organization needs to give them a chance to take the next step. And what I mean by that is an unproven coach getting their first shot at being a head coach uh, to me, and, and Olshay mentioned this, actually, it gives the Blazers the most upside to build success and keep the coach they hire long term. So I think Billups kind of fits that mold. But Becky Hammond was also one of those coaches. Uh, I think there are a lot of fans who feel that naming her as a finalist was strictly a PR move at this point, and she never had a real chance. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes on the court. Uh, he certainly knows what it takes to to win a championship. He, you know, he he was an assistant coach on a 
Clippers team that made it to the conference finals this year. He's definitely a winner when it comes to basketball. So there's that. What, what do you guys think? I mean, the truth is we don't know. Um, I think he definitely has potential. Just looking at this from a pure basketball standpoint, you know, he has strong leadership skills. I think that that's been established. He, he had this successful NBA career, won a championship as a point guard for the Detroit Pistons. He connects really well with players. We've seen that. I think because he was a successful point guard, he has the potential to be good with X's and O's as a coach. Um, I think you can say he had a successful first year as an assistant coach in the NBA this past season with the Clippers, but there's just so much we don't know about a first year, first time head coach. We won't know that until he actually gets out there and starts coaching the team. But I do think he does have the pedigree and qualities that other successful head coaches have had. Um, I'm interested to see, I think that he may be able to hold players accountable better than Terry Stotts was able to. He has gravitas, gravitas as a championship point guard. And a lot of these players do look up to him. Um, so he might be able to light a fire under Dame and CJ and Nurk in ways that Stotts could not. In particular, he might be able to hold Dame and CJ accountable when they don't play defense. He might be able to motivate them and convince them that they need to buy in on that end of the court, something that neither of them have ever done with consistency. But we have to see it in action. You know, during the press conference, he talked about more ball movement on offense. That's good. A larger role for Nurkic. Maybe that's good. More buy-in on defense. That's definitely good. Those are all good talking points, but we have to see it in action once they take the court. I do want to mention that, you know, he has a lot of support from prominent players around the league. I think that does say something that matters. Uh, last night after the Phoenix Suns advanced to the NBA Finals, uh, Chris Paul said, he talked about Chauncey Billups. Um, he said, Chauncey is my family, like my brother. And we ain't talked this whole series. I'm so happy for him getting a head coaching job because me and him talked about it during quarantine, about what his next thing was going to be. And when he said he was going to be a coach, I was like, you're going to be the best coach there is. Because when we played together here, we used to be in our lockers right next to each other, drawing up plays. So, I mean, that's high praise for me coming from one of the best point guards in the history of the game, Chris Paul. And so I think that Phillips absolutely has the potential to be a very good NBA head coach, but we're just going to have to see how it plays out. I think that's fair. Most people, we don't know. We don't know what he's going to be as a head coach, but I would venture to believe from, from a basketball standpoint that he's more likely to be good than not because he fits fits the, the billing. Um, it, it's so important to be a good communicator. He's got the communication skills down. Um, he's, he's been on TV before. He's been an analyst. He's been a coach now as an assistant. Um, and he's, he's had to try and get the best out of players. And really what he's trying to do at this point is get the best out of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And at that position, as a guy who has done it at the highest level, who has done things that neither of them have been able to do, carries a ton of weight. And so I think that that's, that's a big deal to, to have a point guard who, who played at the highest level, who was a finals MVP, won a championship, a pillar uh, for the Pistons, um, and, and knows what it takes. And so from, from that standpoint, makes a, it makes a lot of sense why, why guys like him. And, and you mentioned, Jared, the, 
the Chris Paul quote and, you know, just a, a lot of positive feedback on Billups from the players. And uh, I was talking with uh, Andrew Greif, the Clippers beat writer with the LA Times. And um, he said some interesting things about Billups. Um, one was, you know, obviously the big quote from Ty Lue that had said he's ready. He's definitely ready to be a head coach. Um, going back to, to the pandemic when, when everyone was in quarantine, basically Ty Lue went and moved in with Billups for a while. And all they did was talk about being a head coach, what it's going to take. And Ty Lue consistently tested him and taught him as much as he could uh, to learn the ropes, to be prepared for, you know, in-game scenarios, to be ready for the things that are going to come up with players. Um, and so he had passed that test with Ty Lue before he ever mentioned that this dude was ready. And, you know, Reggie Jackson, point guard for the Clippers, told Greif that that was one of the main reasons why he went to the Clippers in the first place was because Chauncey Billups was there. The Colorado ties uh, that they have, just the, the, you know, how highly regarded he was as a player. Like that is a big deal. And that's something I think the trailblazers really need. You mentioned that gravitas in hopefully attracting other players to, to come to Portland that are, you know, may, may not have been willing to do otherwise. And Reggie Jackson uh, basically, you know, mentioning that Billups is a truth teller. He's a guy that, that basically tells you the truth and not just what you want to hear and challenging them to, to be better players. Um, Greif went into detail about, you know, Paul George and the guards ball handling and the decision-making, especially late uh, in games. And they saw a significant growth and impact with having Chauncey Billups there from an X's and O's slash just work ethic. So there are a lot of reasons um, to like the, the basketball side of things with Chauncey Billups and what he brings to the table. And so from that standpoint, and, and of course, we all know the history that Neil Olshay has with Chauncey going back more than what, about a decade with the Clippers. And, you know, Chauncey basically taking a chance on Neil back when Chauncey had the opportunity to retire if he wanted to and decided to go to the Clippers um, or could have, you know, was hoping maybe going to South Beach, like uh, Olshay had mentioned in the press conference. And so I think that was kind of a, a way that, you know, old Shea was also saying, I'm, I'm willing to take a chance on you because you took a chance on me back in the day and you made us a better team uh, with the Clippers. So just a little bit of, of extra insight there. Um, I know I've posted uh, to our KGW YouTube page as part of that interview with Greif. And I think it's worth a listen if you want to just hear a little bit more about Chauncey Billups, the assistant coach over the past year with the Clippers. Guys, let's move on to the next one. And um, this one, I, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it, you know, because I, 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 had, I had never heard this from Damian Lillard and had, had been very defensive about this um, as we've had conversations in the past uh, just because I had no reason to believe it. I know how loyal Damian Lillard is to Portland. And so it was a huge whoa moment when Chris Haynes uh, of Yahoo Sports came out with his story and, and um, you know, so league sources 
<laughs> you know, mentioned how Damian Lillard could be pushed out the door, which is something that I didn't think could happen, especially in, in Dame's prime. So, guys, the question is, you know, Damian Lillard's consistent commitment to staying in Portland is in question. Do you think the Blazers can make Dame happy enough to remain in Portland? Um, I want to go back to the press conference really quick. Um, because Orlando, you asked Neil about this, about Dame, about the Yahoo Sports report from from Chris Haynes and and about what you know Neil can do to make Dame happy. And I'm not sure if you noticed, but when you finished asking asking your question, Neil laughed. That was definitely another moment from the press conference add it to the long list of moments from Neil O'Shea that I did not like. Do you think that Damian Lillard expressing unhappiness and a desire to potentially leave Portland is funny, Neil? Is that amusing to you? Because it's not amusing to fans. It's not something any fan is laughing about. This is the first time that Dame has ever expressed anything like this. And if Neil O'Shea thinks it's something to laugh about, then Lillard probably is going to end up leaving. And Neil needs to take that more seriously. He did go on to answer your question, and he said it's on him to build a roster that can compete for a championship because he knows that what makes Dame happy is the, the opportunity to win at the highest level. And that's good. I'm glad he recognizes that. So I will hold off judgment until I see what Olshay does this offseason. But I think that's what it's all about. Dame wants to win, and he wants to win at the highest level. And I think if the Blazers don't compete for a championship next season, Dame is going to leave. I think things have changed with him. I don't think he's going to keep killing himself for a team that doesn't give him a real chance to win it all. I think the bare minimum next season to dissuade Dame from leaving would be a competitive loss in the Western Conference Finals. And that's the bare minimum. You get another early exit in the first round or the second round, and I think the Dame era in Portland is over. Can Olshay put that kind of roster around Dame? I don't know. I mean, he hasn't done it in nine years, so I'm not holding my breath. But I will reserve judgment until we see what Olshay does this offseason, until we see how the pieces he puts together gel next season, until we see what kind of an impact Chauncey Billups has. But I think that the writing is on the wall now. I think that Dame wants to win. I don't think he trusts this front office to give him a real shot at winning a championship in Portland. And I think that he feels, you know, the, the clock ticking on his career. He's going to, I don't know if he's already turned 31, but he, if he hasn't, he's going too soon. Um, I mean, this is horrible news. You know, if Damian Lillard leaves Portland, that's, that's a huge loss for, for this, this fan base and this franchise. And it, frightens me that it's on Neil O'Shea to make sure that doesn't happen because my confidence level in, in Neil O'Shea right now is about as low as it's ever been. So we'll see what happens this off season, but this is uh, this is not good news. And the fact that Neil O'Shea laughed when you asked the question was just so tone deaf. He just needs to be better. I will say well, this. I, I was uh, I was shocked that he owned it 
that he said it's on him. I, I can't remember. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, where he's actually said that it's on him. I'm not just talking about with Dane, just something has happened. You know, I mean, even thinking about the, the Terry Stotts, you know, presser and, and, you know, him being out. That wasn't and the way things ended on this season. So from that stuff standpoint, that's not the answer I expected, especially the way it started. Um, because, yeah, there's there's no place to go from here. Like that roster is on you. And he knows there are only a few ways to get better. And the fact that Damian Lillard has reached this point was a whoa moment for me. Uh, I just, I didn't think that would happen until after this max contract was up and, you know, he's in his late thirties and it's like, well, Dame has done everything he can for this organization, you know, trade him away to where his preferred destination to try and win a championship. Uh, I saw that coming, but, or, or could see that coming, but the fact that the clock is, is on, like this, where it's not just dictated solely by Damian Lillard's prime, the window that we're in right now. But it's like going back to that 55-point double-nickel performance in the playoffs that wasn't good enough to win a game against a Denver Nuggets team that was missing many of its good players. Like that, that is such a turning point now to me. And thinking back to Lillard's level of frustration. Um, but yeah, this off season of change is just, he's got to do something. He's got to do something to make this roster different than it was because we know the trend for the last five years, first round exit and Damian Lillard wants a championship and it has never been any clearer than it is now. And I know for people that are maybe listening to this that are outside the Portland market or aren't Trailblazers fans that are, that are tuning in for this, Damian Lillard, um, loyalty is such a huge deal for Dane. Uh, his love for not only the Trailblazers franchise, for the, the jersey, for wearing the name across his chest, but also the city itself. Um, he has a unique connection with the people that live here uh, that is different than any other player in franchise history. The, the love that he has for the city of Portland is deep. And so the fact that it's gotten to this point uh, is really the unthinkable. I, I didn't see this coming. And, and I know, as Jared said, it's serious. Like this is such a huge, huge moment in the history of this franchise and for one of the greatest of all time to ever suit up here in rip city. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off a little bit on the ultra panic mode right now. Like I, I do think they can keep him happy. I don't know how. I don't have the answers. I think Olshay's going to try. There's still just a lot we don't know right now. Like, I want to hear 
and see Lillard speak for himself. I hope someone at some point at the USA basketball training camp asks him about the situation in Portland. I'd love to hear his thoughts. Um, Personally, I don't think he's ready to force a trade. Uh, I've been wrong many times before, for sure. Right now, I'm not like super, super panicked about this until I hear from him. I, I'm still in kind of a see-I-need-to-see-it-to-believe-it stage. Um, but he's he certainly laid the groundwork with that Chris Haynes article. But I didn't read that and think he's gone. I, I, I still need to see more. I so think that's that's, a, that, that's where I am with this. That's a good way of putting it, Max, because I, I think that's the big thing. Along with we've never seen anything like this with Dame, um, even if it is in a report through league sources and doesn't have him quoted. This is a warning shot. Like yeah. this has now been spoken into existence where it hasn't been before. And so I, I think you're right, um, Max, in terms of you shouldn't panic. But that level of urgency for Neil Olshay, the front office, to get something done to change this roster to make it a championship contender because the roster that Olshay built is a good team. It is a, a playoff team. But Lillard wants more. Yeah. yeah and I, Oh, go ahead, Jared. Yeah, I don't think Damian is going to request a trade this offseason unless things mm-hmm. just go super wrong on I don't know how but I think that he's crafting an exit strategy that he can use if he feels like he has to Mm -hmm. and I do feel like I mean maybe he'd give it two more years but I I just feel like he's so frustrated right now that I think if we saw the same thing next season something similar to this season where they just underachieve certainly his expectations and don't show real progress towards becoming a championship contender. I just, I just think that's not going to be good enough for him anymore. Um, and I, I, I never would have thought this until <laughs> this past month, you know, it's been since like Orlando said that 55 point game and loss ever since then, it's just, you've just seen a different, I don't know, tone a different, you know, feel to all this from Dame, you know, both in his, his social media activity, um, in the, the multiple reports that have come from Chris Haynes, we know has a really close relationship with him. Um, you've got, you know, other national reporters like Brian Windhorst and people who have good connections who say that they've talked to people in Lillard's camp who, express some of the same things um there's just there's just smoke there right now and i i do feel like he is setting it up so that if he does decide that i do need to leave portland if i want to go win a championship he can do so without harming the legacy that he's built of you know building his career around loyalty to where if he does leave portland people aren't going to blame him for it it'll be something where they're like, yeah, I get it. You know, with, he gave his all, but it wasn't enough. With everything that we've talked about in this podcast that's happened over the last few weeks that has fans 
like you, Jared, grappling with their loyalty to the franchise, why shouldn't the superstar player? I mean, we've just talked about all the ways the organization has messed up over the past few weeks. This isn't some fragile ego superstar who we just got to keep happy. This is Damian Lillard. He's as real as it gets. Yeah. So I don't blame him for laying the groundwork at all based on everything that's happened. I still think there's a chance to make it right. Yeah. But, you know, these are, these are dark times. Yeah. I'm not mad at Damian Lillard at all. I can, I completely understand where he's coming from. And if, if I'm like, as just a fan, this fed up with everything that's going on with this organization and imagine how Dame feels who pours everything he has into into this um yeah of course he's fed up and that's why i think it's so important uh to hear from him on the record because you know this is this is who he's been his brand is loyalty yeah and i don't i don't i don't blame him for questioning that but i'm reserving my judgment until i until i hear more from him yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, he's been through a lot. <laughs> Damian Lillard's had a lot go on in the past year in his personal life. Past year and a half, even, you know, going back to the bubble days. Uh, just the, you know, the people that he's lost in his life, um, you know, and then also dealing with the lack of success um, on the court, not individually, but as a team. And all of that added up. And so, He's also feeling that urgency on a level that he hasn't before. As we get older, um, you start to feel that way in, in your lives with things. You want everything to, to go the way that you envision. And so I'm sure to some extent, Dame is having to grapple with, with a lot of things. And when you're, when you're dealing with a lot, sometimes um, you're quick to act. Where Dame doesn't rarely miss, but he had some misses. Uh, you know, that, you know, you guys mentioned being online, social media, tweeting, you know, his picks for coaches, things like that, and getting involved um, with, with all of it. Usually he doesn't. And so I've got to imagine just the space he's in right now has been just stressful because he's ready. He wants more. And so I think this, this time at the Olympics, uh, maybe some time away, will help with that and just getting some clarity, you know, and, and figuring out what he wants, what, what his priorities are and, and, and coming to conclusions on his own. But yeah, I'm looking forward to whenever we get to talk to, to Dame again, hopefully uh, team USA has a legitimate media availability uh, where we can do some type of zoom call with him because there's a lot of us uh, that want to hear from Dame and, you know, even down to the, the process of hiring the head coach. How much say did he really have in this? You know, because Olshay mentioned he's one part of the sector uh, when making these decisions. I'd like to know how, how Dame feels about all that. Should he have been a lot? What, what was his role in those Zoom calls? You know, when he was sitting in on uh, the interview with, with Chauncey Billups. Um, how much of a say did he have early on? Uh, 
what does he have a say in personnel wise? What does he want? Um, it would be nice to, to hear from him on that so that there is, he, he has that opportunity to explain those details so that when that, you know, now that he's laid that framework down, we know, okay, these were his expectations. These were the things that he wanted in order to keep him happy enough to stay in Portland and to, to play out his career here, which I think all of Portland wants um, for Damian Lillard. So yeah, Max, you're right, man. Like hearing from him uh, will be huge whenever it happens. And uh, I, th- I think someone will get to talk to him. Hopefully um, it's us, but yeah, at some point we'll, we'll definitely hear from him. I was, I, I thought we were going to segue into positive news and man, there's more. Oh, there's more folks. I, this, this was I told you <laughs> oh, like right before the press conference, Sham Sharania sends out the tweet about Zach Collins. And I'm just like, what a gut punch. Just like, I feel so bad for Zach Collins who re-injured his ankle, had another surgery on Tuesday so, guys, how do you feel about the situation with Zach Collins? He missed all of last season. He's just suffered so many injuries that have prevented him from really playing up to his potential, to being a, a starter in this league. We, we haven't had a chance to see it. He hasn't had a chance to experience it. So what do you, how do you guys feel about this situation? Do you think Collins will ever play another game in a Blazers uniform? I think he might. Yeah. I mean, I'll make this quick. It's it's always sad when injuries derail a player's career. Um, and that's what's happening right now for Zach Collins. But we have seen some players overcome these debilitating injuries, especially early in their careers. Um, guys who come to mind, Grant Hill dealt with a ton of injuries uh, to his feet and ankles early in his career, found success late with the Phoenix Suns. Stephen Curry, constantly bat- battling ankle issues. And now he's, I mean, he's an all-time great player. Collins is only 23 years old. I think he represents a good kind of buy-low opportunity, either for the Blazers or, or another organization. He could heal and recover from this and be a solid rotation player in the NBA. I think him becoming a star is basically out of the question at this point. How do you guys feel? Yeah, I, I just feel bad for him as a person. He's a really talented basketball player. Um, I think he did have a bright future in the NBA and it's just really unfair for him that his body just keeps betraying him. It's not his fault at all. And it, it just sucks. Um, like you, Max, I can see the Blazers bringing him back. Maybe something as small as like a minimum deal next season, just to keep him around, you know, keep him uh, with the team, give him one more chance to try and rehab and come back. Um, it's not a given, uh, the truth is it does look like chances are running out for Zach and that's really sad, but, uh, Max, you're right. I mean, a, another player, if you're looking for a big man comp, uh, Zadruna Silgoskis, like in the beginning of his career, he had so many like foot and ankle injuries looked like he was just never going to make anything of it. And then he somehow, you know, got healthy and, and ended up having, you know, multiple years of success as an NBA center. And so, you know, there is precedent. Um, it's not over, but man, just such a, such a gut punch, um, for, for a guy who seems like a good dude too. Um, man, it's just, it's just really sad. 
Yeah, he's he's a good guy. Wears his heart on his sleeve. You get a lot of honest answers from him when you talk to him. Um, he's super passionate. Got a lot of heart for the game. You see it on the court. His toughness. Uh, he's not scared. Nobody ever ever talk smack to Clay Thompson like he did. Dude, he's not scared. <laughs> uh, I love that that gif, man. <laughs> me too. Always cracks me up when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> so like. In the in the times that he has played, he's had some great moments and, and some, you know, entertaining moments as well. And so, like you said, like that's that's where my mind goes immediately when we when we got the uh, the, the slack message or the press release that Collins had another surgery it was just like another setback. Like, oh, I feel for him and his family. And we know the amount of hard work that he's put in to get to this point and to, you know, he, he wanted desperately so bad to just contribute to, to be a part of this team and help them win. And so like, that's where my mind goes um, immediately, but yeah, there's, there's a chance it could work out his correct me if I'm wrong guys, but his, his rookie contract is up. Now the Blazers could, could hit him with a a qualifying offer or let him, let him walk test, test out free agency, see what other teams uh, offer, see what the market dictates for him. And then the Blazers could come back with an offer. Uh, to bring him back because you know this this is an opportunity for the Blazers to get someone like that on the cheap where it works out and he ends up becoming a player that can contribute at a, a position of need you know a, a position that the Blazers would would love to have and his style of play would be you know a welcome contributor to this team so yeah I it's tough to say whether or not I think he'll be back. I think the odds are he will be just based on the multiple opportunities. The Blazers will have to sign him and to do it at a good deal. Um, it's, it's a flyer. And, you know, obviously Neil Olshay believed in him enough to, you know, trade a couple of draft picks to move up to get him at 10th overall a few years ago. So um, he's got a lot of things going for him um, that if, if he can heal up, could, could still end up being with the trailblazers. Whew. Guys, <laughs> we, we made it, you know, we, we, we got through this podcast. One of the, the tougher ones we've, we've ever had to do. Most of them are really easy and fun and we're able to laugh a lot. Um, this was not one of them, you know, so it's 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 a tough difficult balance in the especially in the off season um hopefully we get to to do another podcast with a totally different vibe but (laughs) as you mentioned jared this was one that that had to happen yeah it was it was tough i mean it's just there hasn't been a lot of positive blazers news uh since the season ended and so it's it's a tough time for Blazers fans right now. And, um, you know, I'm feeling that. And so any of those Blazers fans out there who are listening, I completely empathize with you. Whatever you're feeling right now, it's valid. Um, and hopefully there there is some positive Blazers news to come this offseason that, that will get you excited again about the team. But uh, right now it's okay to just feel frustrated. I'm more in the situation to just be upset about it. That's all right. Um, yeah, it's it's been tough. Well, we do have um, 
hopefully Damian Lillard winning a gold medal to to look forward to. So that, that so will that's be fun something. to watch. That's yeah. something. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> on a positive note. <laughs> Dame is going for gold, baby. That's what that's what we're gonna leave you with. I was searching. I'm I'm glad we got to this point, guys. <laughs> but in all seriousness, thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. I'm, feel free to share your thoughts with us. Let us know how you how you're feeling. Um, DMs are always open. The uh, uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter, especially we're super active on there. I know for, especially, I, I know I mentioned the fan base, but um, women specifically, and those that have been impacted um, by sexual assault, uh, I, I, I can only empathize and hear what you're saying. Uh, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to be in your shoes right now. And to have basketball, which is usually the escape, uh, the fun part, and to have those worlds collide, uh, I, I feel I feel for you, guys. It's it's been good to see you again. So we do this thing via Zoom. I think it's time we we call it. We'll be back better than ever on the next podcast. <laughs> Better than this, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) For Orlando Sanchez, Jared Cowley, Max Barr, this is KGW 3 on 3 Blazers. Take care, everyone.